Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Well, hello, everyone. This is Al Fadi, and I want to welcome you to a brand new video series. Uh, We called it Simple Questions Answered. Now, the reason why we're calling it this way is that if you go to my personal profile on Facebook, and you will find it at alfadi.sira, alfadi.sira, that's A-L-F-A-D-I dot C as in Charlie, I-R-A, I do tend to post from time to time what I call a simple question, simple question. And I am going to read one for you right now. And uh, this particular one, and uh, I'm sorry, give me a second here. I'm I'm looking at my screen, folks. Uh, So I am trying to be as live as possible. So if you go to my Facebook, for instance, recently I posted something I called simple question. And the question was this, if Muhammad was a prophet like Moses. And the reason why I'm asking this is that there is this claim that Muhammad is the prophet that was mentioned in Deuteronomy 18.18, where God was speaking uh, directly through Moses, telling the Israelites that I will raise for you from among your brethren a prophet like Moses or like me. Moses was saying that too, reiterating that. So The claim is that this prophet is Muhammad. That's what our Muslim friends will always tell you. So I'm asking a simple question. I'm meeting with our Muslim friends at the same level. So you're saying Muhammad is a prophet like Moses. So my question is this. If he is indeed a prophet like Moses, then how come he, Muhammad meaning, was not observing the laws of Moses? And in this case, I used the Sabbath, the Sabbath. And I tell you why this is extremely crucial, because the prophets in the Old Testament, all of them were condemning the Israelites, the people of God, for violating the law. And the Sabbath was one of those laws. The Sabbath was one of those laws. So I'm going to take you, for instance, to a website uh, that has the scripture in it. And the website, um, let's let's, uh, use, uh, uh, for instance, a website called Bible Gateway. Okay, Bible Gateway. And if you go to Bible Gateway, and in there, you would just find the book of Exodus, for instance. I'm going to take you to Exodus chapter 20, okay? Exodus chapter 20, where the Ten Commandments were given. And in Exodus chapter 20, the first commandment is, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, or house of slavery. At some point in the future, I'm going to talk about all of these commandments, by the way, the Ten Commandments, to to show you that Muhammad violated every single one of them, because Muhammad did not preach Yahweh, the God who brought the Israelites out of Egypt, the God of Moses, which, by the way, the Quran acknowledges the story of the Exodus, acknowledges that Moses was the deliverer of the Israelites. So the Quran, at least from a historical standpoint, does acknowledge the historicity of the event, whether it gives the details correctly or not, that's irrelevant. The idea is that the Quran had no choice but to admit a historical event like this. In doing so, It is used against the Quran and the author of the Quran and the messenger of the Quran that they violated details 
concerning the commandments because the God who brought the Israelites out of Egypt using Moses is the one who is right here in Exodus 19 and Exodus 20 is giving the Ten Commandments to his people. The second commandment talks about uh, basically you shall not make for yourselves an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on earth below to worship towards, meaning bowing down to. Interesting, isn't it? Because Islam uses the Kaaba, a shrine, and it claims that this shrine, the Kaaba, found in Mecca today, is actually a replica of another Kaaba that is found in heaven. A clear violation of this commandment. And then you get to the third commandment, which is basically, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And if you, in Islam, I used to use the Lord, uh, the name of God in vain all the time, swearing by it and, uh, you know, uh, in enforcing it and, uh, uh, you know, trying to uh, basically invoke it in a variety of ways. And, and not necessarily that I even honored any of that. And, you've, you know, my, my dear Muslim friends, you know what I'm talking about. We all do this in the Islamic world basically invoking the name of Allah. But the fourth one is the one I'm going to focus on right now, which is the fourth commandment saying, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now, that was used because in the creation account in Genesis chapter 1, God is saying here he made the universe and everything in it in six days. And on the seventh day, the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord. He rested basically of his labor on the seventh day. So this is technically speaking a covenant between God and his people in Exodus 31. It does enforce that. It does enforce the fact that it is a sign. So for instance, you go to Exodus 31 verses 12 to 17 and it starts like this. Then the Lord, Yahweh, said to Moses, say to the Israelites, you must observe. You must observe my Sabbath. This will be a sign. This will be a covenant. This will be a sign between me and you for the generations to come. Okay? So, so far, it is clear that Moses and all of the prophets that came after him in the Old Testament, all the way until the time of Jesus, by the way, who came to fulfill the law and the prophets, have enforced the Sabbath. What is the Sabbath here? Saturday. You see, in Christ, I've enforced this already. I mean, because my Muslim friends always complain that, well, how come Christians do not really observe the Sabbath? We do. We observed it already in Christ. We celebrate the first day of his resurrection on Sunday. Okay, so we need to distinguish between violating it versus observing. We have fulfilled the law in Christ. Christ is the end of the law, as Romans chapter 10, verses 1 to 4 say that, specifically in verse 4. So, we need to understand then that Christians, followers of Jesus like myself, we have never violated any laws because in Christ we have fulfilled the law of Moses. We have fulfilled everything that was asked of us. That's why Jesus is our sacrifice once and for all. He's the one that came and did everything for us, fulfilled it. If you follow Jesus, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, right, to heaven, the truth, and the life. You get eternal life by doing what? By doing everything that is required of you. Jesus told one of the Pharisees, you know, about the laws. Do it, and you will live. In other words, you don't need me if you can do the law of Moses perfectly without violating. Who cannot? 
Uh, who can do that? No one. I mean, this is why the blood sacrifice was part of the system. Why? Because people will sin and they have to offer sacrifices in the morning and the afternoon and uh, during uh, specific ceremonies during the year and on the Day of Atonement for the whole nation and so on and so forth. Jesus came to die for us and he did it and fulfilled it, fulfilled it, uh, f- fulfilled, I should say, the requirement and did it once and for all, meaning, as the book of Hebrews say, that's it. In Christ, you don't have to repeat these things over and over and over again. So what about Muhammad? What about Muhammad? Well, actually, Muhammad actually condemned himself because in the Quran, he acknowledged that this was required of the Jews. Look, for instance, in chapter 4 of the Quran, verse 154, uh, it says, And we, this is Allah speaking allegedly, we raised above them the mount, taking compact with them, and we said to them, Enter in at the gate, prostrating. And we said to them, transgress not the Sabbath. In fact, the Quran is alluding here to this, uh, this uh, incident that took place at Mount Sinai. Earlier in chapter, uh, uh, earlier, I should say, in today's Quran, not chronologically speaking, but earlier in chapter 2, verse 65, we read the following. And will you know there were those among you, those among you, speaking the Jews, that transgressed the Sabbath? So why is that crucial? If the Quran acknowledges the Exodus, the the Quran acknowledges the incident where God was given the Ten Commandments, the Quran acknowledged that the Sabbath must be observed by the Jews, the Quran acknowledged that some of the Jews violated the Sabbath, and then our Muslim friends will claim that Muhammad is a prophet like Moses, then why in the world Muhammad did not observe the exact Sabbath? Look at what the hadith says. Narrated Abu Huraira, narrated Abu Huraira, this is Sahih Bukhari, by the way. Sahih Bukhari, volume 2, book 13, hadith number 1, and also hadith number 21. This is what it says. Narrated Abu Huraira, I heard Allah's apostle, meaning Muhammad, saying, we, speaking about the Muslims, are the last, meaning the last group to come, following the Jews and the Christians, but we will be the foremost on the day of resurrection. See, we will be the first on a day of resurrection, basically to uh, get judged and sent in, into heaven or get judged, basically. And some Muslims, obviously, as the Quran stated, might be punished in the hellfire. So Muhammad is saying that the Muslims will be the first. And look at his justification. Look at his justification for that in a classic Muhammad way of trying just to make up things as he goes. Okay, so here's what it says. Um, uh, so we will be the foremost on the day of resurrection, though the former nations, the former nations were given the Holy Scriptures before us, okay? And this was their day, Friday, the celebration of which we made compulsory for them, but they deferred about it. So Allah gave us the guidance for it, meaning speaking of Friday, and all the other people are behind us in this respect. Friday is our day. That's the first day before what? Before Saturday and before Sunday. That's what he says. The Jews' holy day tomorrow, that's uh, meaning Saturday, and the Christians the day after tomorrow, meaning Sunday. Muhammad's justification is that we're the first, therefore we get a holy day that is even first above all of the other holy days, meaning Saturday and Sunday. 
Nowhere that you hear Muhammad here complaining that the Christians actually are using Sunday. All he's focused on is that the Muslims are ahead of the Jews and ahead of the Christians. And right here, you begin to see one example after the other, the fact that Muhammad himself did not honor the Sabbath. That's why I wanted to ask a question like this in my post, simply because I wanted to show you and prove to you without a shadow of a doubt that Muhammad cannot be a prophet like Moses. Until the next question, have a blessed day. Thank you for listening. We'll be right back after this message. You're listening to Let Us Reason with Al Fadi. We depend on the generous gifts of our supporters to produce this program. To join us in this work, go to patreon.com and search for CIRA International. That's C-I-R-A International. You can also donate through PayPal. Go to CIRAInternational.com to learn more. Your support will help us continue introducing Muslims to the gospel of Christ. Now, back to Let Us Reason. Well, hello again. Uh, this is Al-Fadi, and this is a uh, continuation of this brand new video series that we have entitled um, Simple Questions Answered. And it's based on a number of my posts on Facebook, on my personal uh, profile pay uh, Facebook, which is alfadi.sira, where I would post something like this, uh, would say simple question, and then I'll ask a specific question. Last time, we talked about the Sabbath, and here is the language of that particular Facebook post. It says this, simple question. If Muhammad was a prophet like Moses, then why didn't he honor the Sabbath as stated in the law? And I made my case to show that the Sabbath was a sign between Yahweh and the Israelites, and it was mandated that the Israelites should not really break that law, break that Sabbath. In fact, it was given by God himself from Mount Sinai to all of the Israelites, and it was the fourth commandments. You read about that in Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. Today, I want to continue with the discussions about the importance of the Sabbath. For instance, look at the seriousness of breaking the Sabbath. You read about this, for instance, in the book of Numbers, the book of Numbers, chapter 15, verses 30 to 36. And the book of Numbers is part of the Torah. Okay, it's part of the Torah. It's the fourth book out of the five books of Moses, right before the book of Deuteronomy. And here's what it says. Again, the book of Numbers, chapter 15, it says this, but anyone, this is God speaking to the Israelites through Moses, but anyone who sins defiantly, meaning intentionally, whether native born or alien, because they were aliens among the Israelites who were honoring also, uh, who were called God-fearers, following the law and following Yahweh, whether native born or alien blasphemes the Lord, blasphemes the Lord by how, how? by intentionally defiantly uh, breaking the law, okay? And that person must be cut off from his people, meaning put to death. Why? Because he has despised the Lord's word and broken his commands. Okay? That person must surely, must surely be cut off. His guilt remain on him. While the Israelites were in the desert, a man was found gathering wood on the Sabbath day. Notice the fact here. It was work on the Sabbath, work on the Sabbath, no rest as commanded. 
those who found him gathering wood brought him to Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly. And they kept him in custody because it wasn't clear what should be done to him. Why? Because they, they have the message that it's serious to violate the Sabbath, but we, they were a little bit concerned. I mean, does he qualify for that or not? And then the Lord spoke, said to Moses, the man must die. The man must die. The whole assembly must stone him outside the camp. So the assembly took him outside the camp and stoned him to death as the Lord commanded Moses. Numbers chapter 15, verses 30 to 36. This is serious, folks. This is serious. Now, you can see why the, the Pharisees who added to the law, added a lot of oral commands to the law, were upset with Jesus whenever certain things were done by him, like healing people on the Sabbath. And they were complaining that Jesus was actually breaking the law. But Jesus told them that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath, and that Jesus, he is the Lord of the Sabbath, and that they misunderstood certain things. Jesus wasn't doing just anything. He was healing. He was making man whole. He was restoring, basically, humanity back to its normal uh, way uh, that it was created. But all that to say is at least the law shows how serious it is. Now, the claim, like we said earlier in a previous episode, that our Muslim friends, and I think any of them who's watching here, please let me know if I am exaggerating this claim, that our Muslim friends, as I used to think, is the prophet prophesied by Moses to be raised, uh, to be like Moses, as mentioned, for instance, in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 15 to 18, to be specific. Verses 15 to 18, to be specific. I'm going to actually take you there. I'm going to read that language for you. I'm going to read that language for you just to show why this reference is extremely important in order to allow the context here to become even clearer. So, for instance, uh, Moses, this is the last book of the Torah, last book written by Moses. People are concerned because Moses have already received the uh, announcement from God that he's not going to enter into the promised land. They are at the edge of the promised land. The journey, the 40-year journey has ended. Joshua now is going to take the people into the promised land. God told Moses, you are not going to enter the promised land. Why? Because Moses also disobeyed God. You see, God is very serious. He doesn't play games. Moses or no Moses, it doesn't really matter. God told him one time, speak to the rock. So it gushes water out for the people who are complaining about being thirsty. Moses did not hear what the word of the Lord was to him or the command. He struck the rock because he did this earlier. He thought that he's going to do the same thing. And in doing so, he did not listen to God's command. So God told him, Moses, you're not going to enter into the promised land. Enough of that, he says. I don't want to hear it from you anymore. You read about this in Deuteronomy chapter 3, verses 21 to 25. But all that to say is that the people are concerned. So what's going to happen to you, Moses, after you die? Because you've been the spokesperson between us and God. So here is what God says. The Lord, your God will raise up for you a prophet like me. This is Moses telling the people from among you, from your countrymen. Other translations will say from your brethren, meaning the Israelites. To him you shall listen. This is in accordance with everything 
that you ask of the Lord your God at Horeb, Mount Sinai, basically, on the day of the assembly. That was in Exodus 20 that I read for you earlier, the Ten Commandments, okay? Saying, do not let me hear the voice of the Lord my God again, and do not let me see this great fire anymore, or I will die. They were terrified that God himself was in the assembly speaking the Ten Commandments. They can see fire. They can see the mountain burning. They can hear thunder. And they were terrified to death as they should, because this is God, the holy God. And they said, Moses, listen, next time you just speak to us. Okay, so he's reminded him, saying, that's what you ask God, right? You don't want him to speak to you. You wanted a prophet. So don't worry. God himself now will respond and say in verse 17, and the Lord God said to me, they have spoken well. I will raise up for them a prophet from among their countrymen like you, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them everything that I command him. That's normally where our Muslim friends stop and say, you see, Muhammad received the word of Allah, he was speaking the word of Allah, and therefore he must be that prophet that was mentioned in Deuteronomy. Funny, by the way, because if they read verse 19, it says this, and it shall come about that whoever does not listen to my words, which he, he speaks in my name, I myself will require it of him. But the prophet who speaks a word presumptuously in my name, meaning Yahweh's name, in authority of Yahweh, a word which I have not commanded him to speak, or which he speaks in the name of other gods, like Muhammad's God, which is other God, that prophet shall die. Our Muslim friends won't go that far, of course, in reading that. You can see why. So, what is the point here? The point is that breaking the Sabbath, doing anything in the Sabbath that violates basically God's command is punishable by death. Okay? Now, why am I bringing this up? Because believe it or not, the Quran acknowledges that in Friday, as the claim is that Friday is the Sabbath for our Muslim friends, that Muhammad claimed that that's his Sabbath, in Friday, there is an allowance for doing business and other things. Let me give you an example of that in chapter 62 of the Quran, verses 9 to 11. Chapter 62 of the Quran, which is Surat Al-Jum'ah, the chapter of Jum'ah, basically, Friday. But I would argue that the name Jum'ah here has to do with the assembly, the day of assembly, okay? But uh, all that to say is this, verses 9 to 11 says the following, Believers, speaking of the Muslims, when the call for prayer is made on Friday, hasten to the remembrance of Allah and give up all trading that is better for you if you only knew. What's the point here? The point is this, that apparently some people were hearing the call to prayer and they did not stop trading and selling and buying and doing things like that. So that's the complaint. The complaint is not about buying and selling on Friday. The complaint is about not stopping the buying and the selling and going to the mosque. So point here is made clear. Muhammad did not endorse the law of Moses, the fact that you should not be doing work on Friday, or in this case, on the Sabbath day for Muslims. Muhammad actually had no problem with people doing this. In doing so, he and his God, the God who authored this book called the Quran, which is a human being, by the way, that God, the author of the Quran, 
actually violated the commands of Yahweh, the true God, the God of the Bible, by allowing business to take place on the Sabbath day. And in doing so, I guess one can say clearly, this is why I asked the question, this is why Muhammad cannot be the prophet like Moses, and this is why Muhammad is a false prophet who violated the God, the law of God. My Muslim friends, come to Jesus. He is the true God. He is the one that in him we can fulfill all of these difficult laws. And in him, we can find the way, the truth, and the life and enter into the presence of God. Until next question, have a blessed day. Let us reason with Al Fadi. We depend on the generous gifts of our supporters to produce this program. To join us in this work, go to patreon.com and search for Sira International. That's C-I-R-A International. You can also donate through PayPal. Go to sirainternational.com to learn more. Your support will help us continue introducing Muslims to the gospel of Christ.